starting in verse 1, Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me. Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. May God add to the reading of his word this morning. You know, I, I mentioned earlier as we enter into a new year, you know, you, people think and you hear this all the time. Uh, people think because we, we start a new calendar or turn the page on a new year that things are just going to change and uh, all the worries and troubles of life are going to go away. Oh, it's a new year, so we start with a clean slate, and really we don't. You know, my, my sister-in-law had COVID on December 31st, and she was really sick, and she woke up on January 1st pretty sick. You know, it didn't magically go away because it was a new year, and, and a lot of people, you know, uh, a friend of mine was planning a funeral for a loved one, at the end of last year, and, and that carries over into a new year. So that those bad things from 2021 didn't go away just because we start a new year. And when I think about, you know, we during Christmas, it's really Christmas and Easter. This is hard as a pastor because you want to, some of the scripture and the church calendar points toward a specific day or celebration like Sunday. Today, this is Epiphany Sunday. We on the church calendar, we celebrate the Magi going to find and seek out the newborn Christ child. But it's also a new year, so you want to... What do you share? What do you preach on? Uh, maybe you try to do a little bit of both. I, I don't know. I thought it appropriate this morning that we do talk about a new year. Because we enter a new year with some of the same old problems that we ended last year on. I've seen a few social media posts already uh, this morning uh, that said, man, this year's not off to a very good start. It really, it, it's just days, right? There's nothing magical about a new year except in our minds maybe we think uh, there's newness. Really, there's newness in Christ, but outside of that, they're just day after day Nothing magical with the start of a new year. So, so what I thought maybe our message should be this morning as we enter into a new year, we know that in 2022, we're probably going to have sickness. We're probably going to have loss. There's going to be bad things that come our way. So as we know this, as we're prepared for it, maybe the message for us as we enter into a new year and the message for the world as we enter into a new year shouldn't be, oh, guess what? None of this stuff is going to happen. But how should we prepare ourselves as Christ followers for when it does happen? We know it's coming. I, I was, <laughs> Lana, uh, the editor at the paper, had been off the last two weeks. 
We thought it would be a great idea for her since things were lighter during the holidays. We forget that idea. Uh, so I was trying to work ahead and I said, well, the storm doesn't come sometimes when you're prepared for it, right? If you carry your umbrella to work, it rarely rains. That's sometimes the case. Or if you get in a storm cellar, the tornado usually doesn't come. So maybe the message this morning is if we prepare ourselves in the way that Christ would have us prepare ourselves for the kind of things that could come in 2022, maybe they won't come. Or maybe this twist on it, they will come, but we'll just be ready for them. It kind of like, you know, when you think about the girls would play softball and you, you teach them to hit and you always say, be ready for the fastball. You know, you got to be ready to hit that 65 mile an hour pitch. But if they throw the, the curveball or something off speed, you can adjust to that easier than if you're waiting for the slower pitch, you're not going to catch up to the fast pitch. So maybe for us, the message this morning in, in this scripture is, if we're waiting for the, if we're ready for the fast stuff, we can adjust. So I see three things in this scripture from David that help us get ready when life happens and it's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. My heart breaks for people when I, when I see them with this rose-colored vision about life that it's not going to happen because we know we've all walked the road long enough to know it's going to happen. And the longer we walk it, the more we realize it's going to happen. So like I said, three things that we can pick from this scripture about how to handle those things that, that come our way. The first thing that David tells us here in this scripture about, about these things that life throws at us is that we need to express our feelings to God. You know, we live in a society that's so much, especially with men, but with everybody, really, keep your feelings to yourself. Don't share what you're feeling, especially with God. We're not supposed to have feelings toward God. Look what David says there in verses 1 and 2 of our scripture. He's talking to God. He says, how long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Right? This doesn't sound like David's hiding his feelings from God. He's, he's given honest expression to how he feels to God. He says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day, sorrow in my heart. How long is it going to go on? How long are you going to let my enemy triumph over me? Do you, do you see somebody who's keeping their feelings inside? Or do you see somebody who maybe feels forgotten? Like his prayers have fallen on deaf ears. I'm praying, God. I'm asking, how long will it go on? You know, as I, I read this scripture and I prepared the message this morning, I thought, are me and David the only ones who do this? I think, okay, Lord, how long is this going to happen? You know, I think from the time my uncle passed away in, in mid-October until the end of the year, I, I had to attend 12 funerals, and I think I did five or six personally. I, I had that conversation with God. Really? Okay, I need a break. That's too many. 
how long, God, are you going to let this go on? Every time the phone rang, I didn't want to look at it because I didn't know what the call was going to be about. One of those calls came at 6 in the morning from Rondell, and I knew what that was. I don't want to, I don't want to call him back. I don't want to know what that is. How long, God? God? God already knows how we feel, so we might as well express those thoughts to him. David has given honest expression here. He says he's impatient. How long must I wrestle with this, God? How long with this issue in my life is it going to go on? We all have those things that seem to linger. And we've been praying about it and praying about it and praying about it. We just don't get any answer. And we want to know, God, why have you let this go on as long as you have? See, something good happens. The Bible tells us something good happens when we express ourselves to God, when we give honest expression. Uh, Paul says it in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Talk to God. Let it out. And then what? It, here's what he says. And then when you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we do that, when we give honest expression to God, the peace of God... which surpasses all understanding, which doesn't make any sense, but the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So something happens when we give honest expression. God, I can't take any more of this. I need you. I'm going through it. You've got to let me go through it long enough. I don't know if there's anybody here outside of me that's going through things that we say that. I've reached the end of it, Lord. I, I, I need you. Is there something that we would share with God that we would want to share with God? Is there something on our minds, something in our lives? He wants to hear it. He, not just, oh, he already knows because I think it and he knows everything. Well, he does. But he wants us to talk to him about it. He wants us to verbalize it. In prayer and in meditation and in our feelings, just let them be known. Like I said, it's Epiphany Sunday. The Sunday we set aside on the church calendar to recognize that uh, those wise men, those magicians, made their way to, to find the Messiah and express their worship. They all had things going on in their life and they stopped what they were doing and they wanted to go see the king of the Jews. And in the same way, God wants to hear from us no matter what's going on in our lives, good, bad, whatever it is, God wants to hear from us. Now I've had that conversation with people. It's like, well, you always say, well, God already knows what's going on in our lives so we might as well express it so... What's the point? The point is, I think that this is what happens when we, we, we express it verbally in prayer. That's like the rubber meeting the road. Like our faith becomes real. We're not just going through the motions anymore. We express that to God that what we believe 
is real. I, I'm giving this to you, God. I'm, I'm expressing myself. This is what David is saying. I'm not just going through the motions with this stuff, God. I'm crying out to you because I believe you are who I say you are. And I need you. How long will you let me go through this desert? I need you. I've been wrestling with this for long enough and I'm tired and I need you to intervene. Well, we share it with God. When things come at us this year and in years to come, God wants to hear us express it. That's the first thing that I think we should do as things happen to us this year. And then the next thing, once we share our heart and acknowledge our emotions, the second thing that I pulled out of this scripture that David does is he asks for help. So there, there's two things that people struggle with there in that scripture. One, admitting we got a problem. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. I don't need to... I don't need to express myself. We, we suppress that. And then the second thing is equally hard to admit, especially, you know, I know as a guy it's hard to admit. I need help with it. That's what David does in verses 3 and 4 of our scripture. Verse 3, he says, Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. That's what that wording, that language means when he says, give light to my eyes. I, I, I need your help. Help me to see because I can't see. I, I'm blinded here. Give light to my eyes. I remember going to see the eye doctor last time I went. And I, I, I told Dr. Buchanan, I said, man, I just can't. It's everything so dark. Well, there's nothing. Glasses won't help you with that. That's just age. You just need, I'm like, I'd like to carry a spotlight around with me because I can't make things bright enough. Give light to my eyes, David says. Help, help me, help me with this. Look on me and answer. No matter how big or how small the issue is we're facing, God wants us to ask for his help. He wants us to make our requests known to him. I wonder why we, we don't do that. I, Jesus himself says, cast your burdens and your cares on me and I'll give you rest. But <laughs> we're too busy like, no, no, I got this, Lord. I don't, I don't want to give this to you. I, I wonder if it's because we think we can do better with it. I know more with what I want. If I give it to God, God's going to do what he wants with it. He's going to do what he wants with it anyway. James 4 verses 2 and 3 say, You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You know, a lot of times, and this isn't specific to this language, but a lot of times what we kill is we kill ourselves trying to do it all on our own. We desire, but we don't have, so we kill. We kill ourselves trying to deal with this stuff. That God is there waiting to say, give it to me. You covet, but you can't get what you want. So you quarrel and you fight. A lot of that fight is with ourselves. It's inner. I've done everything I know to do with this. And nothing is happening. And God is saying, you've done almost everything you know to do. 
There's one thing you haven't done and it's guaranteed to work. Give it to me. The scripture in James goes on to say, you do not have because you do not ask. God, you do not have because you do not ask God. Or get this, when you ask God, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. You're asking because you want it for this reason or that reason rather than the right reason. That you may spend what you get on your pleasure. So God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear what's going on in our lives, what's, what's troubling us. And then he wants us to ask for help and ask for help for the right reasons. He's crying out here in the scripture in need of answers. And I know I don't have to ask. I wouldn't, would never ask anybody to raise their hands anyway because I don't have to because I know we've all been at that place in our lives where we, I don't know what, I can't take any more. I need God. Give us light in our eyes. I, I need God to help me to see because I don't understand why I'm going through this. It doesn't make sense. David's saying, maybe if I had an idea of what you were doing, God, maybe if I, I could see what your will is, this would be easier to deal with. John 14, verses 13 and 14 says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask me anything in my name. Well, we're not going to ask for anything stupid in, in Jesus' name. God can make that promise in John 14 because he knows if we're going to ask for it in Jesus' name, it's going to have a, have a God-driven purpose. But the, the, the point is this. He wants us to ask. He's standing there ready to help, and he wants us to ask for his help. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, it tells us this, to, to seek out God's help. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Like I said, both of those things that I mentioned so far are, are things that we don't like to do in the natural. Express yourself, no thanks. I'm going to keep that stuff bottled up. I'm fine. And number two, ask for help. I'm going to do it on my own. And I know especially that second thing, I'm going to do it on my own, is dangerous. The Bible says God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You know, we can't unlock, uh, unlock God's perfection until we wave the surrender flag and say, I need your help with this, God. In our, our world, in our flesh, we use this expression, you've heard it, two heads are better than one. That's not the way in biblical terms. God's way is better than two heads. He doesn't want our help. He doesn't need our help. All he needs for us to do is say, I need you to handle this, God. I think this is a perfect picture of the cross. You know, if there's any of us sprinkled into that cross, into that saving action that he did on Mount Calvary, it doesn't work because it's no longer righteousness. If there's any of George put into that, it's not righteous anymore. It has to be all God, all Christ. 
His strength made perfect in my weakness. When I say, none of me, God, and all of you, I need you. So those are the first two steps. Let God know how we're feeling. Let Him know that we need His help. And, and then the third thing here for us as we move into a new year, even in the difficult time, we are to have faith. If you look at the start of verse 5 in our scripture, but David says, you know, he says how he's feeling. He asks for help. And then at verse 5, he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. You know, in these few short verses, David's circumstances didn't change. You know, as we enter into a new year, circumstances aren't going to change. But verse 5 starts with the word, but. David says, no matter what's going on, but, even though i still got to wrestle with this stuff. Even though I'm still going through this stuff in my life. Even though I've told you how I felt. Even though I've asked for help. Even though nothing's changed. But I trust in your unfailing love. You know, where, where, where are we with that as we enter into a new year? Can we get there? I'm, I'm going through this. It's difficult. I've been carrying it with me for so long. And I... I do everything that I'm supposed to do. I've, I've told God how I felt and I've asked for His help. And here I am still dealing with this year after year. We got to get to that place. But even though nothing's changed, I still trust in your unfailing love. You know, we don't know God while we're enduring this. We entered a new year. It was filled with promise. These blank pages on a new calendar. Filled with promise and hope. And here we are dealing with the same old stuff. The same old pandemic. The same old sicknesses. The same old high prices. Whatever it is. I thought when the clock struck midnight... All that was supposed to change. I thought, I thought we were supposed to get a clean slate. But, even though we didn't, we got to trust in His unfailing love. And my prayer for all of us here this morning is that no matter what this year brings, that we do indeed share our feelings with God, that we, we cry out to Him for help, and that no matter what's going on in life, we can get to that place of, of trust in the circumstances. But, even though nothing has changed, nothing's new, we're going to trust. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word, which was practical and applicable for David all those hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, and here we are in 2021 being able to put those things 
to practice into our own lives. I pray that as 2022 happens and and we know that we're going to have difficulties, we know that we're going to have things in our life that we weren't ready for and weren't expecting, I pray that we would seek you out the way that David did, that we would we would ask for help and, and we would share our emotions and feelings with you and that we would, even though maybe the circumstances don't change the way we would like for them to change,